trauma becomes our biology. And so many, including myself, right? So many people were taught that it's how you see things. It's how it's your thoughts. And we just need to reframe our childhood or reframe an event. And it's like, actually, once we understand trauma, it's so much deeper than that. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. When was the last time you felt triggered or edgy about something your partner said or a family member said or did, or maybe even about running late to an appointment? When you think about it, was it today or yesterday or maybe some point this week? Now, I've spent a big portion of my life experiencing that uncomfortable feeling of being on edge or firing back when I was overwhelmed, struggling, or even backed into a corner. And let me tell you, nothing good ever came from me firing back at anyone. Not only did it bring me more suffering and struggle, but it also created a really crappy feeling in the other person too. And come to think of it, nothing good ever really came from me rushing around everywhere or being too harsh or being too rigid. More often than not, in these moments, we are getting triggered due to unprocessed past traumas. Traumas that are often challenging to identify and even more challenging to heal because they go under the radar. They are built into our DNA, into our biology. And quite possibly, how we are showing up in the world is based on an adapted, learned response that we learned as a child that we are still using today. Because, well, it worked then for us, so why shouldn't it work for us today? I will never forget when I had a coach about a year ago who I was working with ask me something that completely blew my mind, leaving me speechless. She asked me, Marisa, who would you be? If you were not driven by what you claim is your superpowers, someone who is always on top of it, someone who is always on time, someone who is constantly making sure everything and everyone is okay, who would you be if you didn't live by the phrase, the standard is a standard? And as I sat there and I thought about it, I had no idea who I would be. At that moment, it felt like she was saying, Who would you be if you completely gave up your identity? But I knew in that moment that I wanted to know because I was tired of being driven by my four-year-old self and my 13-year-old self, the two selves of me that was driven and driven and driven. In my experience over the last 12 years, helping women with lots of hormonal imbalances, I believe one of the biggest root causes for hormone issues is trauma and chronic stress which oftentimes is driven by past trauma. I know that my chronic stress and my chronic fatigue was driven by childhood trauma. I know that 100% today because my entire operating system for years was driven by scarcity and survival created by many traumatic events throughout my childhood. I called trauma and chronic stress the intangible root causes because they are so difficult to measure. But man, do they cause so much chaos in our bodies. They impact our energy, our sleep, our mood, our metabolism, our relationships, our reproductive system, just to name a few. It's literally ingrained in our neuropathways and in the biology of our cells. Now, although I've touched upon trauma a couple times on this show, I really want to highlight how trauma becomes our biology and that trauma is showing up in how we operate on a daily basis, like whether we know it or not. 
And when I was searching for that person to have this conversation with, there was literally no better person to enlighten us than Dr. Amy Appigan. Now, Dr. Amy Appigan is a leading medical expert on how life experiences get stored in the body and restore the body to its best state of health through a signature model and methodology, the biology of trauma. She brings you the biology of trauma, which is a new lens and methodology that courageously both adds to and bridges trauma work and medicine by reversing, literally reverse engineering the chronic effects of trauma on the nervous system and on the body on a cellular level. Now, she is also the host of the Biology of Trauma Summit, and she's got a 21-day program that can help to reprogram your body out of trauma, which I'm super excited to get into today. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Dr. Amy, how are you doing today, girl? Ah, Dr. Marisa, I am doing great. I've been super excited about this talk with you, so I'm doing great right now. Mm, I just loved our little powwow and just kind of diving deep into this conversation, a conversation that has hit home for me, ooh, a big part of my life. Um, we're going to be talking about basically how trauma is in our biology and really how trauma gets stored in our biology and then how it, how it plays out in our lives, in our everyday interactions, in our conversations with the people that we love, in how we operate in the world. I know from, I just hand up of all the different ways trauma has continued to show up for me in my life. I know that you are bringing this groundbreaking information to us as we all begin to realize that trauma is playing some kind of role in the way that we operate. Absolutely. And when I started doing this work and learning all of this stuff, like I was shocked at how much of what I thought was just me and my personality was actually trauma responses that had been ingrained over the years and that that actually wasn't the real true me. And being able to unfold that and kind of take away what is not the real true me, but has just been an adaptation to life experiences that that have been overwhelming. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm just taking a moment and just saying yes, yes and yes to that. Uh, let's start with how is it that trauma is in our biology and where would you say that really starts for us? So trauma becomes our biology. And so many, including myself, right? So many people were, were taught that it's how you see things. It's how it's your thoughts. And we just need to reframe our childhood or reframe an event. And it's like, actually, once we understand trauma, it's so much deeper than that. And Trauma actually, the definition of trauma is that it leaves lasting effects on our biology. If it doesn't leave lasting effects, then it actually was just a stress. So something that was truly a trauma is all about the body and how it experienced a situation, an event. It's not the event itself. Mm. And when the body goes through an experience and it was so overwhelming. It was so much, Dr. Maritza. It was either too much, too fast, or just it was either too big or just things came too, too fast, or you had been having to hold on with too little of something for too long. Those are the reasons for trauma. And trauma is this biological shift that happens in our biology that switches from, okay, this is a lot, but I'm keeping up with it to feeling that crushing weight on us. I think of stress being like we're holding up rocks. And I don't know, you look pretty fit, Dr. Maritza. So you can probably hold, hold your own for a while. But how long could you hold that? 
how long could you hold up this boulder before your body just gives out and you get crushed by it? That crushing is a trauma response. And that crushing can happen either because we're trying to hold up that boulder in our life for too long. Like there's just, it's just too long or it came on too fast. And when things happen too fast, we, we weren't prepared for them. We're not ready. And so we didn't have our hands up. And rather than being able to catch and hold that boulder, we get crushed by it. And that's actually the feeling that we have, the body sensation. I should, I should say that the body sensation that we have when we experience a trauma response, it feels crushing. We feel this internal collapse and it's like our energy goes away. I don't know where it goes, but we were like, I feel so heavy. And this mountain of confrontation, this mountain of my kids, this mountain of spilled coffee, this mountain of traffic today feels too much. And we feel that collapse. And in that moment, there's this disconnect that happens. And this is all actually our physiology, our biology. It's not, it's not just our minds, like right, we, our, thoughts. We actually, our thoughts, like we have only one nervous system <laughs> and there, there, as much as we want to say, Oh, mind body connection. Like you actually can't separate the mind and the body. Like they, they are one system, one nervous system and being able to see that, ah, like the body is having a biological shift in its physiology. And we actually go from a high energy state, which is stress. Think of when you're caffeinated, right? <laughs> like your metabolism is, is fast. And the, the trauma response is actually you, part of what happens in that biology is that your metabolism shifts down to really slow, really slow metabolism. And the reason why it does that is because your body has decided that the best way for it to survive this experience of your life is to just conserve energy because it's too big of a mountain to try to move. It's too big of a mountain to try to scale. It's too big of a wall, too big of an obstacle, too big of whatever it is, too scary. It's too scary to lean into that conversation. It's too scary to see if that person might not like you or they've got judgment of, around you. Like it's just too much, too scary, too big. And the body goes to this trauma response that literally moves into energy conservation, which affects every system of our body, every system of our body. And you're going to notice digestive issues. You're going to notice certainly the, the mood and it goes more depressed in that trauma response. And you're going to notice everything from skin issues to your adrenal glands. Like every biological system has now gone into this. We need to conserve energy, which means that anything that takes more of your energy that day you are going to get super irritated at. Mm. Things that you normally could tolerate with your kids, you're going to be like, you, quiet, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> today is not the day, <laughs> right? <laughs> we were like, every day is not the day. Um, every day. <laughs> and that's actually what happens, Dr. Yeah. Marisa. Like literally, this is what happens. And this is where I was. And I was shocked once I started to understand the nervous system because I saw that, wait a second, like I'm actually living every day through my trauma responses every day. It's not just every once in a while. And being able to see the effects that that had on every single area of my life then. 
Because whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's my exercise, whether it's my diet and food, I don't have the energy to cook. Of course, if you're trying to conserve energy, you're going to be figuring out like, what's the easiest way for me to get food? Mm. And it's not healthy cooking. So it just starts to spiral out of control. Yeah. And then it just affects our everyday life. Right. I want to, I want to, you know, kind of rewind. I know trauma, luckily we're having a lot more conversations around the, wh- what is trauma, how it, how it affects the body and how it continues to play out for many, many years to come. And, you know, back in the day, even in the seventies and eighties, what we thought trauma was, was, you know, war vets or a woman who had been beaten or had been assaulted, something very, 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 very scary, very severe um, had happened to you. Then understandably so, you know, to the point where maybe therapy and and medications were needed to just overcome that PTSD. Now we know that trauma, it, it happens a lot more frequent. Everyone has dealt with it at some capacity. It really just depends on, like you said, what was your resilience in that moment, whether you were three or you were five or you were 20 or you were 15, kind of that, that breaking point. And as you had mentioned, if I'm clear, that in that moment, whether it was too scary or the boulder just fell down, it had a profound implication, not only on the body, but also on how the brain saw that moment. And the brain then, anytime that kind of moment happens, it's like stranger danger. Like, mm, we don't let, no, we don't do that. We don't have to let that happen again. And so how we operate in the world today, whether it's 30 years later or 10 years later, or even a couple of months later, based on our body's remembering of that moment and our capacity to handle the situation that we're in, especially if it was kind of related to that moment, or it was related to something that we adapted to because of that trauma moment back in the day, that we keep getting triggered up, not only on a physiological level, but definitely on an emotional reactive level. I know you have more to, more on that. I was just trying to summarize. Yeah, and the, it, yeah, and there's so many levels to that. And that's why yeah. it's so fascinating for us to start to understand what is trauma. And even just as you were saying, like the memory of it. So the body has memory. We generally think of a, the brain having memory and we want to blame the brain for our trauma responses and our reactions. And it's actually less about the brain and more about the body. So the body has what's called implicit memory. And a person can have no recollection of an event or an experience, but the body remembers what it has gone through. And that's called implicit memory. And so anything that reminds the body of, oh, this is somewhat similar to that situation, you're going to be having a body trauma response when you may not even logically understand what's happening or be able to see that it's connected to trauma. This is where I see a lot of people having a flare-up of their health symptoms, not realizing that it's actually a trauma response because they're just thinking that this is my physical health. My hormones are out of balance. I'm having the hot flashes. I'm having weight gain. I'm having joint pain. I'm having muscle aches. I'm having fatigue. I'm having headaches. I'm having back pain, neck pain. Every single one of those is actually related to a trauma response. And that's the body's way of expressing those things when there aren't any words. 
Mm. And many times we don't have explicit memory, which is the memory in our brain. Our hippocampus has explicit memory where we remember an event and the facts and the details. And, and we have this story that our brain has stored away. But that's not what happens in the body. The body has its own implicit memory. It's fascinating because the body also has another form of memory called procedural memory. And that's actually the actions, the behaviors that it should do in response to that implicit memory being triggered. And so we may find ourselves doing something or feeling the impulse to move, stretch, do, do something that's with our physical body. And we don't, we don't understand it. Like, why would I have the impulse to do that right now? Ah, because the body has been triggered. And in that moment, in that time way in the past, that is part of what it needed to do in order to survive that time. And Dr. Maritza, like we're talking even as in utero experiences, even just today, I saw one of my members who's in taking the 21 day journey. So she's been doing all of this somatic work and the parts work, and then starting to look at her biology to increase her capacity. And as we are looking at her past, because she really struggles with this trauma response. And like I used to be, she's living every day kind of in and out of this trauma response. And as we looked at her past, she shared that her mom was super stressed out super stressed out. She was born at a time when it was still very important for a mom to be married and her mom was not married. And so there was a lot of stress, a lot of shame. So the whole pregnancy, mom was super stressed. Well, just having mom be that stressed during pregnancy is actually causing a trauma response in the fetus. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And and what about other exposures? So if mom is around any metals, for example, the metals are crossing the placenta. You don't think of metals being a form of trauma, and yet that would have overwhelmed a growing fetus in their body because now they're they're not safe, right? Like they're not safe in their development. So there's all these things that we can look at that happen at any time, at any time that we have this physical body. And truly we need to redefine trauma and from a medical standpoint, right? Like I'm a medical physician, I think in terms of medically, from a medical standpoint, trauma is anything that for any reason at that time overwhelmed our biology. And when we have that definition, we can see that things can all kind of come together, sometimes in a perfect storm, right? And actually be what overwhelms us where it wasn't anything big, but just because there were so many other things going on, it all just came together to overwhelm the system. It is anything, anything for any reason at that time overwhelmed our biology. Mm. Well, and I think one of, one of the things you started out with was how it is showing up in hormone imbalances, how it's showing up in the symptoms that we're seeing. And I tell a story about how I had severe chronic fatigue at 30 years old, but it didn't come out of anywhere. I was running in survival mode since I was in high school and probably even before that. Life was chaotic. Things were inconsistent. I didn't trust my caregivers. You know, I was running. I felt like I was running for my life for a long time and, and lots of accolades and lots of awards for it, you know, you know, even in high school. But at some point, my body was like, we can't do this anymore. We can't exactly. run at this rate anymore. Yep. I had severe deregulated blood sugar levels. I had put on weight. I had, I just couldn't even get out of bed anymore. My, my, my cells, my energy, I had nothing in the tank. And, and I remember trying to do all the things that I thought were good to heal my body, but I kept ending up 
in the same spot for two years. And I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, why can't I'm doing the yoga thing? I'm doing the food thing. I'm doing all the things. And it was this, it was the, it was the drivers. It was, I had not identified that I was still being driven by these trauma responses that had worked in my favor for quite some time. I thought they were superpowers. I just kept turning them back on and maybe unconsciously wasn't even turning them back on. They were just turning themselves on, on their own. Um, and it wasn't until I started digging into the deeper work, which was, oh my gosh, I ain't going to lie, Dr. Amy, it is some messy work to be had. But that was when I finally turned a corner. Unfortunately, it wasn't soon enough. I ended up getting a autoimmune diagnosis pretty shortly after that, because that was just coming right around the corner. I've spent, like so many people, once they get that awareness, the last 12 years, today even, <laughs> um, working on trying to... I know when things come up, like I can feel things trigger up. I can feel things, I can feel my jaw tighten. I can feel my shoulders tighten. I know when I'm getting triggered and, and I can feel that ball of heat energy hit me. And that's not on a body level. Some of it's on a body level, but I just think about like, I know that I'm missing the boat. You know what I'm saying? And it is a daily conscious effort, not only for my son and my family, and but for me, I think about how how much... I work every day to try to create easy central nervous system, to ease and grace on the central nervous system. But man, it's a constant. Like there's just so much embedded stuff in there. I mean, it is probably my greatest and healing journey that I've, I've been on, you know, once I became aware. I don't mm -hmm. know if this is the case for so many of the patients you've had. And I know so often we just think it's like, well, I just got to get this done or like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a perfectionist or I'm just good at taking care of other people's problems. Like we label it as something else where it's really these adaptive drivers that were created from a trauma response. I just yes. live this. I, so I, I feel it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, I mean, we, we have some very common shared experiences because that was exactly my pathway too. It was around age 30 when my body crashed and it started with chronic fatigue. And then I realized that I had some autoimmune stuff and anybody, anybody with autoimmune, anybody with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, like those are all based out of trauma responses. All of them. You don't get them without having trauma responses in your biology. And one thing that you're, as you're saying, it makes me want to share with you some of the core, uh, I want to say core fears or qualities that come from very early childhood experiences that we have actually been able to identify. You have experienced overwhelm at zero to six months of age. If, and I'll just read some of these. If part of what you feel inside is that if you let yourself feel that you would fall apart or you would, sometimes it's like, oh, I would die if I, if I allowed myself to actually tap into and let myself have these feelings and let them come up. I, I am afraid that I would fall apart. So I can't do that. That's actually specifically from having experienced many situations of overwhelm during your first six months of life before you were talking, before you were speaking, right? And so some of the other things that come from that specific time of life, having experienced overwhelm, is that then like your sense of yourself is very much based on your role in life. I am a mother. I am a, I am a doctor. I am a this. I am a that. Rather than just feeling like just you are enough, right? Like you don't need to be somebody, 
you by yourself are enough. This specific zero to six months of life, it comes with a breathing pattern that is very shallow. And so that's often where I first start with people is just, I don't want you to change your breath because I actually just want to see where it's at. What, what is your baseline? But just notice like how low does it feel like your breath is dropping? And for some people, Dr. Maritza, like they come in and they're like, my breath only seems to be going to like maybe middle of my chest. Some people aren't even there, right? They're like, it doesn't even seem to drop into my chest. And so that early of life experiences generally causes that very low breath. And yet, if you look at somebody who maybe experienced more overwhelm later in their childhood, say, I'll pick the six to 18 months of life, then they're struggling with not as much maybe if I let myself feel I'm going to fall apart. Their their core biology says, if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. So I have to isolate myself. Yeah. I have to show up in a certain way. And then when I, when I need to be my real self, then I need to go away and be alone because if people saw that side of me, they wouldn't like me and they become your people pleasers, right? Like the, the sweet, the compliant, uh, they're actually very afraid of disappointing others. And yet to look at their breathing pattern, they tend to have a more heavy chest and it feels their breath is very contained, very controlled. They tend to have this high energy that, that is compressed and dense. And so they end up having a lot of the neck and back problems, the ulcers, the colitis, the high blood pressure. So it's fascinating to see just, again, like we're talking about overwhelm. We're talking about overwhelm at very early life. And yet many people are looking back at their childhood and being like, oh, I didn't have trauma because I wasn't abused. I wasn't neglected. You know, look at these other people who had such worse childhoods i had granted maybe it wasn't perfect but it's it's not like them and being able to see like no like actually this is how you can even know if you have these trauma responses from early in life from a time that you're not even going to remember Dr. Amy, a question around that. You know, I, I was just reading, so I'm reading so many parenting books right now. Dr. Da- Dr. Daniel Siegel is one of my favorites. And he, they talk about the the weird one-year-old study that is done um, where they they take a one-year-old and they either he's a, they're alone in, their, in the room. Basically, the mama leaves or the caregiver leaves for 10 to 20 minutes. And when the caregiver comes back, um, it's the way that the one-year-old responds. It gives a good sense if they are attached to their parent or they're disattached to their parent. Basically what it, what it boils down to is roughly 40% of children are disattached, some level of disattachment when their caregiver comes back in. And I just thought that that was such an alarming number that at one years old, they've adapted to overwhelming circumstances to not to know if their caregiver is a safe grounding landing place to be or not. And I, I know that in the research like you're talking about, you know, those first two months, those first six months, you know, can, are, are some of the biggest times where we've got to really, you know, nurture children because gosh, the, the, the level of trauma dialing into the system is just so potent, so strong. And then I know that it, it continues, you know, before the cortex comes online, that reasonable part where like, if mom's having a bad day when you're nine, you kind of get that mom's having a bad day when you're nine. You're like, oh, mom's having a bad day. But when you're four, 
or three or five, you think it's because of you. And, you know, I'll never forget when I always, you know, it took me years to recover from thinking I was the reason my parents got divorced when I was four. Like I was it. Like I could have stopped it. I remember there was a defining moment where I was like, ooh, if I could have just stopped that moment, I would have saved my family. And, um, you know, what, what a burden to carry which wasn't even true. As a but like you don't know. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just speaking into those earlier years, I guess what I'm getting to is, is that, is that where we see where it really entrenches in? Obviously trauma can happen at any point in time in our lives, but I was this curious is, this, about yeah, that No, this time. is exactly, exactly what I see because people don't recognize their stress and their trauma perhaps until later in life. But if they're going into life and going into events already with trauma responses kind of being their pattern and not having been resolved, they're coming out definitely with trauma. So these early life experiences are not everything, but they play a big role in what we would call resilience. And resilience is is not about what you're doing during a stress. It's all about your system going into that stress because the trauma response happens so quickly, it's milliseconds and it's not a logical decision. This is a decision that your body is making in the moment, milliseconds. So you don't have time to be like, all right, where are my resources? What what is my support? What do I have to lean on during this time of stress? Your body has already decided, nope, we're going into the trauma response. We're going into that shutdown place. And when we look at, I mean, when we look at early childhood, Dr. Marita, like we can actually see these patterns of overwhelm and insecure attachment already by four months. If you know what you're looking for, you can see it at four months of life. You don't have to wait until one year. Yes, like that's where all the studies have focused and they have the strange situation anxiety, like all of that, which is super cool and amazing to learn about. And yet we actually don't, like we can, if you know what you're looking for, you can already start to see insecure attachment happening by age four months of life. And it all has to do with both mom system and baby system because both have to be available. If mom system is available, but baby has some biochemical imbalances, their system is overwhelmed, they have food sensitivities, so they're always in pain, their system is not available for attaching. And that will be the reason for the insecure attachment. But if their system is good enough, then it's perhaps mom and mom is stressed. I mean, what moms are not stressed these days, right? Like there's so many more pressures on mom what about her career? What is she doing? Does she have the support? Is she dealing with, you know, family dynamics? Like what is her health like? Many moms are not going into pregnancy well supported and nourished in terms of their biology. So then maybe they're experiencing postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, which is actually all about their copper and zinc levels. So anybody like with that should definitely check that out. But mom's system has to be available. And whatever her attachment style is, that's actually what's going to be passed on to her child. And this happens without her knowing it. Like this is for me, like what is heartbreaking sometimes is that moms so want to do better than what they experienced in their childhood, but because their system has not experienced anything different, that's all that they have to pass on. And it even comes down into their eye contact and their nonverbal communication And a mom with an avoidant attachment style, for example, she is not going to be able to maintain long enough eye contact that her child needs. 
And so they're going to be feeling like, hey, where's mom's eyes? Where's mom's eyes? Like, I need that for co-regulation. And mom is like, oh, I'm being overwhelmed by this amount of connection and engagement. And I need to disconnect for a second. Whereas an anxious avoidant, or not anxious avoidant, but an anxious attachment style in mom, she's going to have a harder time disconnecting because she she's kind of looking to that relationship to fill her needs for connection. And so she's going to be overdoing the eye contact and baby's going to be like, oh my goodness, like I need to look away. I need to disconnect because this is too intense for my system. That's how these styles get passed on unknowingly just because this is what's in mom's mom's nervous system and moms share what is in their nervous system. That's that's the only possibility. She can't share anything that she doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And so this is, I mean, this is just my strong encouragement for every mom, no matter where you're at in the process, whether you've had kids yet, haven't had kids yet, or your kids are already born and they're teenagers. I don't care. Like moms, let's do our work because the difference that it makes for our kids is, is what shapes their future. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Like what, what does the legacy look like? And I know that consciously none, none of us want to pass down the things that we didn't think were right. Or again, some of the things that you pointed out were so unconscious, as you mentioned, you know, especially with that anxious attachment, you know, if that's all you've ever known and it, it not only is showing up in adult relationships, but then it shows up with you and your baby Ooh, you know, it's an unwilling, you know, passing down of that behavior of that trait just kind of freaks me out because it makes me wonder like how much I have done, you know, been so conscious about taking care of, of my 19 month old, but then just think that probably no matter how much work I was trying to do, that there were just things that I was unconsciously doing because I just didn't know a different way, you know, and So this really leads to, I know people are thinking, well, oh my gosh, like I probably don't even know when this is happening to me. I don't even know that my body is doing this. It's safe to say that all of us, every single one of us is unconsciously or consciously, you know, responding to a trauma patterning that the body is, is kind of just going, this isn't a safe situation. This is how we need to respond to this situation. So what do we begin to do. And more, most importantly, not only for the relationships that we have, because goodness knows we're all working on our relationships. Oh my goodness. But more for our health, our health, especially mm-hmm. the women I'm talking to today. I, I always, always ask us, I would talk about root cause a lot. Yes. Food. Yes. Toxins. Yes. Um, stress. But I always make sure to mention perceived stress and trauma and perceived stress because of trauma. You know, you're responding to that situation because that's what you intuitively think how to respond to it from back in the day. So if you're feeling triggered, so often that's a perceived stressor coming from somewhere. I would say that, you know, the the core root of all the reasons why I've ever been sick has always been trauma, but it it doesn't feel tangible. You know what I'm saying? So it's so hard to get your hands on it. Um, So I'd love for you to speak into like, what do we do? Like, where do we even start with this? this intangible experience that's happening inside of our bodies that is driving us to feel exhausted, fatigued, brain fog, triggered, edgy, you know, us to get into relationships that girl do not serve us. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do we start? Where we start is we have to make it tangible. Okay. Like we have to take something that has felt confusing and make it clear. I mean, that's, that's what I do. And so when I, when I had my health crash, I was like, am I okay with this being the rest of my life? And the answer was no. 
by that time, Dr. Maritza, I had figured out how to help kids and rewire trauma in kids because I had adopted a son and by then worked with, uh, oh my goodness, probably nearly a hundred families who had come through my family challenge camps. So I had kids down pretty well, at least kids under age 11. By the time they were entering puberty, that was a different story. But give me a kid prior to 11 and I could work with that family, make the mom and the parents be the healing agents. They're not going to go, you know, experience that that transformation through a therapist. Like I need to, to build mom. But I had that down. I had it down. And so then when this happened to me, right, and being a medical physician, I know that this is related to adverse child experiences. I know this is related to trauma. I am one of those that I look back at my childhood and I'm like, but my childhood was nothing compared to other people. Like, why, why am I having an autoimmune condition? Why am I having chronic fatigue? This doesn't make sense given my knowledge of my childhood. And I had to figure it out. And it felt very intangible. It felt very confusing. And what I've been able to do over the years is figure out, okay, how do I actually do this in adults? Because our systems have been doing this for a lot longer than kids. And that's part of the problem is because it's become our default. It's become so ingrained that we just, again, we recognize this, this is who I am. And it's like, no, that's actually not who you are. That's not who you are. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> no, you, you, being, you being constantly like to a T, rigidly on time, you yeah. being rigidly harsh, you being rigidly perfectionistic with your, whoever rigid it is. anything. Anything. That rigid is something. Anything. Um, yeah, that's, that's Rig- not you. Rigidity <laughs> is a trauma response. It is. It is one of my default but trauma also, So is being so chaotic and not having anything of substance, right? Like that's also a trauma response. So what we have to do where we have to start is we have to have a clear path forward and we have to understand how trauma got into our system and then have the clear path to reverse engineer that. And that's what I've been able to do with my biology of trauma model. So I've been able to start to look at, okay, how does trauma become our biology so that then I can take that and I can reverse engineer that and walk us back out of how it got there in the first place. And it's been so uh, like relieving for me to know what to do, right? Because otherwise I was trying everything. I, I was trying everything and I'll try anything in any order. And what I discovered was no, like there actually has to be a specific order in which we do things. There actually has to be an essential sequence of things to address trauma because it was wired into our system in a very specific way. And who are we to think that we can just come in and be like, well, I don't know, I'll just throw something at it. No, that's not going to work. Like we actually have to have that clear path forward. So that's what I've done with my, what's become, what's turned into my biology of trauma module that I, or model that I walk people through. And I was going to say, like you had just mentioned that, you know, let me just, let me just see, throw something at the wall and see what happens. What I'm trying to say here is we really can't do this on our own. No, no. And like I, as a medical physician, like I look at what I did to try to help myself. And if I'm a medical physician and I got lost on the journey, I can't imagine people who don't understand the biology and the body as much as I do, because I did what I was telling everybody else to do. Oh, you know, you really should go see a therapist. You really should go, you know, do the trauma work because that's what we thought and think that trauma work is. And being able to see now, like, no, actually that's the worst thing that a person can do to start off with. Don't, don't, please do not go talk about it. 
please do not go talk about it because what happened to me and what happens to people is that it just stirs things up when we talk about it because we stay in our minds and we're not working with the implicit memory of the body and helping it feel like we are addressing this in a safe way. It made my health symptoms worse. It flared up autoimmune stuff. It flared up my gut stuff. So whenever I wondered if I had done too much in therapy, like I just had to watch my physical health symptoms. And if I was more tired, if I was more achy, if I was more this, ah, like mm, I, I'm doing the wrong thing because therapy should actually be done in such such a way that things are not re-triggered and flared up, but we're resolving them. When we re-trigger things and flare things up, like that's not actually resolving. We're actually re-traumatizing ourselves. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, I, I've seen that play out so many times where someone is going to get therapy and they just, they just, they're just more triggered. They're just more yes. lit up and they're more anxious or angry or just, you right. know, just, and I know that so many of us too, I know for many years, you know, I told my trauma, I told my trauma stories. I have many, many of them, you know, cause I was, I was keeping this pain body alive, you right. know, and, and there was, I don't know necessarily what were the, there were no positives to that, but clearly my, my mind thought that there was like that, there, you know, this needing to like someone to understand where I was coming from, to understand me. But it always just, it just was always, it was, it's fascinating too. Cause like, you know, you're already in a sad place. It's like adding sadness to sadness or adding anger to sadness. Like you're just kicking it back up. And I know that in therapy, like that just never, not only did it never work for me, but I've seen so many people come out of sessions and just lit up and angry. Like you're just yes. pouring, you know, gas on the fire. Yeah. Or they're super exhausted and have this huge emotional release. But then we also, I look at people who are just maybe doing the yoga or the meditation and they're good as long as they're on the mat. They're good as long as they're actually in the meditation, perhaps. But that, that one is actually a dangerous one for people who tend to disconnect from their body. So we want to be careful with that meditation. We want to bring it in just at the right time in the right order of things. And, you know, it's like, well, eventually you got to get off the mat though and, and go into that relationship and go live your daily life. And we've got to be doing things that are going to stick, that actually stay with us and become our new default way of living rather than just, well, oh, I'm stressed out. So I need to go do yoga, but then I'm coming back into the stress. Mm -hmm. And so, ah, Does there's Does any just... of that help, Dr. Amy? Because, you know, I know that I, mm -hmm. I'm so, I'm so glad that we're getting so clear on this is not work we can do on our own. Is there any modalities if, if we're not, we either, we don't have the time or the resources or whatever it may be, whatever it may be, you know, is there anything that we can do to just try to keep some of it at bay, that we, yes. we're not firing off at our loved ones, or we're not, we're not being able to function, you know, to take care of the things that matter the most to us. There is so much that we can do, like so much. And this, and this is what I want to encourage people, like, don't settle. Don't settle with still struggling with stress. And even if you're able to get to a place where you feel like you're managing it, let's get to a better place. Like, I really want to see you thriving and being what I call on top of your story, not in your story. And so when I run a 21-day journey and I'm taking a people, a group of people through this initial place where I start people, and it's this very simple 21 days, we're gonna start with what are some different tools for me to teach them how to track their nervous system and be able to notice what state are they in? Are they in a trauma response? 
Are they in a stress response or are they in, in that parasympathetic and healthy response? I need to know which state they're in. There's only three states and I need them to know that. I need them to be able to track their system throughout the day and notice how many times they're going into stress or how many times they're going into trauma responses every day. And then once they know that, now we can start to actually help them learn the tools to shift that. And knowing what tools to use when is invaluable for people because again, they've they felt lost. They don't really understand their own reactions. And this helps them understand themselves on such a deeper level and have the tools to be able to move forward in their healing. And so there's a lot of things that can help. We just want to be making sure that we're using them in the right time, given where our system is at. And if a person is living more in trauma responses, then after that 21-day journey, we're going to be working with that trauma response. If a person's more in the stress response, after that 21-day journey, we're going to be working more with their stress response. So it's different depending on where their system is at, but having them know that, having them know that about their body is invaluable and the place to start. So that's where I'm starting everybody is I need you to know your system. Mm. I can't have that be in the hands of someone else and you trusting that entirely to someone else. And nor can I have you even going to therapy once a week and not doing anything in between. Like I need you to have a certain level of skills and knowledge about your system that you can take this into your own hands and be empowered. Mm. There's so, so much that a person can do. So powerful. And so tell me, Dr. Amy, the 21-day module, you know, and I know this is your signature program, the biology of trauma. Is this a program? Is it a group program or is it a course it program? Is. Okay. Yeah. And 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 that's a good point that you bring up because that provides us that opportunity to be understood, to be seen, to see that we're not alone. And yet. One of the agreements that we have, because we're doing this as a group, one of the agreements that we have, we have five agreements for the journey. One of them is that we don't go into our stories. We're not sharing our stories. We are staying in the present moment. We are sharing what is happening in my body right now. What are the changes I'm experiencing right now as I'm doing this, what I call a somatic exercise. So somatic, just referring to our, our muscles, our tissues, our body, and we're staying in the present moment. So here's this group trauma course. And you would think that we all get together and talk and share our stories. No, not one. Like we don't share our stories right now. There's room for stories. It's just not at the beginning. And that's where most people start their trauma journey is let me tell you the story. And I'm telling you, that's the wrong place to start. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Um, my it's just full disclaimer. Uh, my husband and I are going. We just started couples therapy because uh, having a baby, all the things, just just yeah. been a crazy journey. And we are also seeing her individually. And, and one of the things I was looking out for was someone who was able to heal childhood traumas. And because we had a therapist many years ago, and what ended up happening is my husband got super mega flared because things came up out of the first first time out of nowhere. Ever. We're not ready and for that. Yeah. And exactly. he, no, it was the recovery on that right? was days and days, it. weeks. Yeah. Yes. And so we let her go. And, and so then, and took a big hiatus and then was like, you know, we just want to become better parents. We want to be a better, a better people to ourselves. I love and that about you. Thank you. Thank you. And we really, particularly because of not only each other, but our family matters so much to us. 
But it's so interesting. My first conversation with this new therapist we I, we just hired a couple weeks ago is she's like, give me the full story. <laughs> you know, that was my first session with her was just hashing out the entire full story. And I thought that was so fascinating, you know, that that was the starting place. And, wow. um, and I had been reading all these books and that was really an interesting take. And so I was kind of telling my husband, I was like, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but he's like, just let's see what happens. And this is, we're literally in this right now. And I just really appreciate this coming from you, you know, being one of the, 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 like up to date, the founding of, of really healing the trauma trauma. And so I, I'm going to definitely take this up with my husband. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious if, if you're willing to share with me, after you hashed out this whole story, laid it all out, how did you actually feel in your body? Um, I felt, you know, cause I had, I've had told the story a bit and I feel like I have, it's, it's lost a lot of its, it's lost charge. its potency mm-hmm. and charge over the years. And I was really just trying to give her kind of the, I guess the highlights, lowlights, just so maybe if things were come, like for me, I was like, is this helpful? Because cause I actually wanted to qualify it. I was like, is this helpful? Because when you're talking to me and maybe you see things coming out that you're trying to re- maybe tie it back to what I shared. Like, is that the purpose of this? I said, because otherwise I don't want to be in this story. I don't tell the story anymore. But if you feel like it's going to serve in you noticing when I'm trauma triggered in the things that I'm saying or the communications that I'm having with my husband, I, you know, I'm all, f- if that's helpful to you, then great. I guess I was under the impression that if I kind of understood my stories, then I could, I could quickly re- know when something was coming up. I'm like, oh, that's from that ridiculous. That's from that thing that happened to me when I was 14 years old. No, Dr. Marisa, the problem is, is that even when you're doing that, like all I'm hearing is that you analyzing it. Ah, yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You are entirely using your brain to try to help you navigate life. Mm-hmm. And to figure out, is this, is this a trigger? Is this a trigger response? Like that is where most people are going wrong. And I, and I am still frustrated with the professionals that that's how they're leading people through this journey, because we cannot rely on our logic. Like our brains, the, their job, they're doing their job, right? But our brains are to make stories out of things where there wasn't a story needed. It was just an experience. Mm. Our brains, their job is to make a meaning out of something that perhaps wasn't the real meaning of that experience, but the brain's already made up the meaning. The brain's already made up the story. And so that's why it is so much more valuable. And we get a lot more done when we can be guided by our body and the felt sensations in our body and use our mind to pay attention to those rather than still being stuck in the, uh, what I call, you know, like the analysis paralysis. Yeah. You're just constantly just, it's just <laughs> constantly going, trying going, to going, think. Going. Yes. Yeah. You just, like, yeah. That's a trauma response right there. Mm-hmm. Mm. We live in our brains. That's a trauma response. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there are two things I want. I want to make sure people can get access to the course. And I don't sure. know how often you launch it, but at least if there's a place that we can go so we can learn more about it and check it out. I know that there are women listening to this right now who are so resonating with this message and are so desperate for a solution. And they, they have tried talk therapy and they maybe they're on you know medications and, and they're still, they just know that they're responding to the people in their lives in a way that, that doesn't feel right for them. And they don't know what to do about it. I would love for that to be available um, to get it to them. I just feel so strongly about that. 
And then if there are people who want to understand more, you run one of the most incredible trauma summits that have been created with the, like the biggest researchers. And that is coming up literally this, this very week as this interview goes live. And I know that people can still register. I know that there's going to be replays as well. Talk to me a little, give me a little bit of insight. We're going to have the link in the show notes too. Yeah, like this is so incredible how this came together. This is the second annual Biology of Trauma Summit that I've put together over 40 speakers. And it's this bridge of functional medicine and trauma therapy with the intention of helping people understand themselves on a deeper level and giving them this clear path forward. So I've got some of the top trauma experts, Dr. Gabor Mate, Dr. Stephen Porges, all talking about the, the polyvagal theory. Dr. Mm -hmm. Peter Levine, who's uh, the founder of Somatic Experiencing, uh, Dr. Vincent Folletti, who actually ended up truly being the one who, I didn't know him at the time, but he's the founder of the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. And so when I had all of my health symptoms, like I was able to refer back to his work to know I've got to go down this trauma pathway, even though I don't understand why. And so, oh my goodness, like so many leading experts, so excited to be able to share this free resource with people. And that's going uh, August 8 to 14. And then we have got live experiential workshops that actually go through until August 20. So people should definitely come out, check it out, see at least a few talks that would be meaningful to them. We have everything from parenting and my goodness, like I'm thinking of Dr. Gordon Newfeld, who, what a fantastic talk we did on how a parent needs to be their child's answer. What does that mean? Ah, like it's just so good stuff on how we can actually break that legacy and be passing on something different to our children, knowing how to discipline them. So we talked about how to actually, the right way to discipline your children in a way that will not traumatize them. So would love for people to come and check that out. It's a free resource that's happening. And then I run a 21 day journey. I take a group through that usually every three months. Right now, the next ones scheduled are September starting September 12 in 2022 and then November 2022. So those are the next two on the book and would love would love to see people in there. And we've got to get you in there, Dr. Maritza. We've got to get you in there and get you experiencing this and see, see what oh, I'm, it is I'm, for you. I'm going to be joining. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. You know, my, my why is so big. I feel very called to do this work with you, Dr. Amy. So I'll be there if anyone wants to join me. I just got to, I'm deciding either it's going to be September or November is, is what it's going to happen in 2022. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And give you a different experience than, yeah. than what so, is your traditional solution out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been so excited for this conversation. I'm so grateful to the work that you're doing in the world. So excited to share your summit. And because these, these are the skills, these are the tools, like we've got to be the brave person who breaks yes, the patterns. Exactly. And, and we can, we get to be the brave person that gets to break the patterns. And that, what a gift you're giving us. Yes. The healing starts with us. Yeah. Thank you. Growing up, I believed that you needed to have traumatic things happen to you in order to experience trauma. And over the years, my definition has changed a lot. And what I love today is that Dr. Amy really went in and did a great job at defining trauma for us today. Basically, every single one of us has had something happen to us that has overwhelmed our nervous system and our body, causing the body to process the incident as trauma. And we often adapt to that moment with behaviors and emotions, right? And the goal for these adaptations is to protect us from that moment so that it never happens again to us. Little do we know that we often use these adaptations 
completely unconsciously for many, many, many years to come. Some people all the way up until they die. And it just becomes a big part of who you are and how you respond to the world. But what if you could identify these behaviors and emotions like anxiety or stress or rage, whatever it may be, or the constant rushing around or the overwhelm or the need to take care of everybody as though your worth is tied to it, right? What if we can get really clear on what that's coming from and shift it with awareness and a plan to begin to heal those trauma patterns? I think this is such powerful work. And I think this is an area that gets dismissed, but often needs to be addressed. And that's why I'm so grateful for Dr. Amy for hosting this incredible summit that's about that's going on right now. I'm thrilled, one, to attend because I know, I know from my heart that if I don't clear some of my biggest unconscious patterning, that I may potentially pass those unnecessary trauma patterns to my son. And I feel like it's my responsibility to stop the trauma-induced lineage because it's got to start somewhere, right? Are you going to be the person that's going to face the fire of all of that trauma lineage that's coming down the line, right? So that it stops with you and it doesn't continue with your kids and grandkids. And I have decided that I am consciously going to be that person in my family, that I'm going to break that chain and that lineage. And so that's why I think this conversation is so important. That's why I think the summit is so important. Her program, her 21-day program, which I'm going to be doing, is so important. Because why not? Why not dig in? Why not see what's there under the hood? And why not see if there's ways to repair, especially if you're not showing up how you want to show up in the world, if you notice that you're showing up as your younger self and that you're responding to people and circumstances in life from a place of trauma, whether you know it or not. So I'm super excited to have the link for the Biology of Trauma Summit for you to register for free. Super easy to do. I'm also going to have the link for the 21-day program, which I believe she's going to be talking about in the summit as well. Again, she's got dates, I think, in September and November for that. But again, if this is, this is work you're feeling called to do, gosh, this is the right time, right place to do it. I just want to say, again, thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast. As always, this show is about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, maybe a family member, I don't know, take a screenshot, share the episode via text message or share it on social like Instagram. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy. And if you do share it on Insta, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.